0: Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. Now we are here for another season preview and um, this this time the team we're doing is the Carolina Panthers and my guest today is a new guest to the podcast, uh, first time on, on the show. Uh, he is, if any of you are Newcastle fans or watch Newcastle YouTube content, you'll know a channel called the Magpie Channel and we have got from that channel, Keg. How are you mate?
1: Hello, mate. I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to talking some uh, football and of a different kind. Uh, yeah. If people are Magpie Channel fans, they probably know that I'm a big NFL fan and a Carolina Panthers fan. I always bang on about it, even though people probably haven't really got that interest. But, yeah, it's good to come and uh, finally talk some American football with someone who cares. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's good to have you on. Um, now, we ask every new guest on the podcast um, why they support the teams they do. Now, I know the reason why, because I watched your vlog at the London game but for the benefit of those who haven't watched that video on your on your channel, do check it out because it's a banger. Um, why are you a Panthers fan? Uh, do
1: you want the long version or the shortened version? <laughs> right, I'll, I'll take the long version. Why not? <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, so I got into the NFL probably, uh, I don't know, about 12 years ago now. I think it was the uh, Packers uh, Steelers Super Bowl from about 2010, 2011. Uh, I'd always wanted to get into American football a long time before that. But back then, as people will probably know, if there were fans back then, it wasn't as accessible as it was now. I always kind of had that interest. I always thought like American sports were really cool, but kind of like closed off to America. So it was kind of hard to follow. Like I grew up really liking basketball, but kind of fell out of uh, contact with the NBA. Uh, Just American football just always seemed like that kind of thing that I, I wanted to get into, but didn't have the means for it. So uh, it was just one late night. So I was up late randomly on Twitter having a look through and seeing that Super Bowl was trending. So I thought, oh, cool. I'll try and see if I can watch the Super Bowl. Didn't realise at that time it was on BBC every year. So I watched that Super Bowl and absolutely fell in love with it. It was, it was I just loved every minute of it, even though I didn't have a clue what was going on. Uh, so <laughs> over that summer, I tried to like get me knowledge of, tried to understand what the game was about. So when the new season started in 2011, I uh, just started... Watching some games as a neutral, uh, just really enjoying it, really enjoying what was going on. But I thought the best way to understand what was going on, understand the game a little bit more, is to follow a team, have a team to follow, understand the roster and uh, everything like that. So I didn't. I don't really have any personal connections to America or any particular state or city, so I kind of had a free choice. Uh, the Green Bay Packers were one of my first choices. Uh, I was watching that game and winning the game and I enjoyed Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews and all that. So, uh, But I didn't want to kind of hop on like the glory seeker bandwagon. I I thought that was a bit too easy having watched one game and then win the Super Bowl and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to support them. Uh, I didn't really want to go down that route uh, being a Newcastle fan. Uh, I I like to suffer (laughs) watching sport. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I quite like the the, the Giants as well. Uh, But they went on to win that next Super Bowl. So I'm kind of pleased that I avoided them because that would have looked like a glory seeker as well, being a fan for one year and meeting him in the Super Bowl. So I, I dodged that one. Uh, I just remember dating back to when I was a kid, probably about seven years old. I've got a cousin whose dad lives in America, in Atlanta, strangely enough. So I don't know how the next part of this story come about. But uh, when he came back, he brought me back a whole bunch of NFL gear, including like the Panthers uniform, like including like the, the jersey, the pants, even the helmet shoulder pads, the, the full regalia uh assigned Brett Favre football so uh, while trying to pick an NFL team I was thinking it's been about I don't know like 15 years since I got that them stuff from my cousin so I was thinking who are the Carolina Panthers like are they real are they they like you know like like the what's that thing that the rocks just put into like the XFL or the kind of like a under team like are they, like if uh, there was like a Premier League table or like a lower team do they not exist in the NFL I, I, like I never heard a thing about them like you see people wearing like Raiders jerseys and Giants and Dolphins and all these big franchises but the Panthers I've never seen or heard a single thing about them other than having the jersey when I was like seven years old so I was thinking that's pretty cool I like that it must be like a kind of underdog story so I had a to Google to say are they an active NFL franchise yes they are and I thought that's good enough for me. I'm going to support them guys. So I've done a little bit of research about them to say how good or bad they are. And it was that season before where the Packers won the Super Bowl that the Panthers were the worst team in the league. Uh, so I was like, cool. Uh, that'll do with me. Like, uh, I, I always support the underdog. And it was in that season that was Cam Newton's rookie year. He was smashing all these rookie records and stuff. And I was like, well, this is really exciting. Like, they could go from bottom to top real quick with a guy like Cam Newton, so I just fell in love with them from day one, really, as soon as I decided they're my team, and it's been about 12 years and I've some, had some up and down years but uh, I haven't regretted my decision I love, I love the Panthers, love everything to do with the organisation, don't regret my decision one little bit
0: Great stuff. And again, you told me this story as well, but we'd like to ask every guest as well uh what their NFL Sunday looks like. And I know you told me an amazing story about what yours is like. It sounds like a really good Sunday. So just tell the audience as to um what your NFL Sundays are like when you watch it.
1: Yeah, so my NFL Sundays are like I'm quite fortunate to have in-laws who are really big American football fans as well as kind of American culture fans as well we just celebrated the 4th of July yesterday like which is a little bit weird because they don't actually have real connections to the US like they're British born and bred um but yeah just everything about their culture and the way they do things and their personal lives is very Americanized so um me and my girlfriend my girlfriend and her dad are both big Packers fans um so yeah every Sunday uh we just chill if there's any like uk football on particularly if it's newcastle we'll watch the the sunday games and uh, then about five we head over to the parents house and our dad gets like the barbecue on always has like american foods and snacks finger foods american beers and all this stuff so yeah we sit down have some food and then watch uh, red zone or if the packers panthers or the cults who are my girlfriend's mom's team uh, if any of them three teams are playing uh, live then we'll try and watch one of them if not we'll just watch Red Zone through to the second games about 9 o'clock uh, where we'll probably watch the first quarter first half and then come home because we'll, maybe girlfriend will have work in the morning and then watch the rest of the games in bed before going to sleep so uh, yeah that's it just very Americanized style like they are, are big fans of like NASCAR and all of that kinds of American stuff like the house has dripped out in like cowboy indian and native american and american flags and all these like an american culture things so it's a cool house like that cool people so yeah i really enjoy my sundays and i can't wait for it to come back
0: yeah that's amazing i mean someone i mean my family my dad was 49ers as a child and my brother's raiders but we as a child as a child we never really had that of thing where i never got to have those nfl sundays together and i think that especially as someone whose friends all hate the sport apart from me it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, nice to um hear something like that that sounds like something. That'd be that that's really good Sunday. So um yeah, fair play. That's that's amazing. Um but yeah, on to the current state of the Panthers. Um in terms of ins and outs this off-season, players that have come in include uh, Matt Ianadis, Johnny Hecker, Corey Littleton, uh, and obviously they drafted players like Ike McQuanu, and then players you've lost uh and Xavier Woods, and then you've people you've lost Cam Newton, Hassan Reddick, Stefan Gilmore, and AJ Boye. You've re-signed DJ Moore and Dante Jackson. And also, um, you've exercised the fifth-year option for Brian Burns. Um, so, how have you felt... And you also drafted Matt Corral as well. Um, how have you felt that the off-season has gone for the Panthers so far?
1: I think it's been really good. There's, there's that sense within like, the, the Panthers fan base that we could be doing more. Uh, I think, obviously, the the elephant in the room is the quarterback room. Like that's the one thing where we really, really want to improve on this year. And we just haven't like we've got uh Matt Corralen, who could be very, very good in the future. I've watched back a lot of his uh, Ole Miss games and I am a big fan of him, but I don't expect him to have much game time in the first few weeks of the season, at least uh, until maybe something goes wrong with Sam Donald. But Uh, With the rest of it, relatively happy, but again, more could be done. I think that O-Line is the biggest improvement. Um, Although that is another thing that I don't really want to get my hopes up too highly of because I thought we'd done good business last year, Uh, particularly with uh, Pat Elfline and Cam Irving. Uh, I think Cam Irving was an ex-Super Bowl winner. So coming in free agency, I thought they're two really good pickups, but particularly Irving was terrible. Uh, Elfline wasn't great until the end of the season where we moved him from guard to centre so he improved a lot there so he's another good rotational piece that we'll have next season playing as a centre probably not guard where he was really bad last year Uh, so yeah the O-line's looking good on paper but yeah I was excited about it last year and it fell through massively so yeah I'm I'm pleased that we got our first pick in the draft again with Kwanou first offensive player overall off the board uh, so, yeah, we had, we had pick I think. Um, uh, also one that went to the, the Giants called Alabama, uh, Evan Neal. Uh, I think between him, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, I would have been happy with any one of them. Uh, but, yeah, Ike McQuanu, really happy with. Um, NC State guy as well, so staying home, Charlotte boy. Uh, I think that's a big thing. I quite like having like, home born and breds. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with that. Defensively, made some pickups, I think. Losing Hassan Redick, uh and not bringing back Stefan Gilmore could be quite big. Not really too happy with that. Uh, the rest of it, though, like my Ionidas is a good pickup in free agency. I quite like that pick. Uh, a couple in, in the draft, like uh, Amari Barno, Brandon Smith. Uh, and then we've brought in Damian Wilson. Corey Littleton it's hit and miss. The back line, okay. Like Xavier Woods, I'm really happy with. I think Xavier Woods is a good pickup. Uh, bringing Dante Jackson back I think it was going to be between Dante Jackson or um, Stephon Gilmore probably would have preferred Gilmore to be honest with you but he is knocking on a bit he's a uh, best years potentially are behind him so maybe he's a good one in the long run and we're, we're hopefully going to have a full season with uh, JC, Hen- uh, JC Horn obviously he only played two or three games last year before being out for the rest of the year so he, I guess he's the forgotten man who could be a big player for us next year almost like a second first round pick so I don't know, ups and downs, uh, happy with a lot of it, but still relatively unhappy with, obviously, particularly quarterback, but particularly in, I don't know, linebacker, uh, defensive line, the safety room isn't great, really. So, yeah, I think there's a, a lot more that we could have done that we maybe still can do. I think we are waiting a little bit longer. Uh, maybe it's for pre-season to come, see who gets cut, maybe with, like... Uh, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll wait and see what happens there. So, yeah, hopefully by week one, there'll be a lot of changes to where things are currently standing at the minute. I think we've got the 90 uh, squad roster going into pre-season at the minute. A lot of more agency pickups, trades. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't want to get myself as optimistic as I was last year because uh, that obviously came back. To, to bite us <laughs> so, finishing with only five wins so yeah i'm trying to stay a little bit more grounded this year because yeah i don't want to be disappointed as badly two years in a row yeah i mean i think you've got some good on offense
0: particularly you've got robbie anson you've got dj moore you've got i mean i don't know who the hell's gonna be quarterback if you week one that's that's the weakness but i think even like christian mccaffrey i mean yeah if he can stay fit which is a big if, because The last couple of years has been a bit ropey, especially for my fancy team. But yeah, he, <laughs> he, um, but what the thing is, I've I still won the league, thank you, but with him. But like, he gets points when he plays, he just, he just never plays. When he actually does yeah. play, he's so good. He's one, he's, a, he's I, a
1: beast, he's huge.
0: I think he's the best running back when healthy, I think, personally. But it's just, he just can't stay fit. Um, yeah. I'm hoping he can stay fit because he's so good to watch. He's just... I mean, Derek Henry's the other good running back, I'd say I love watching, but Miss McCaffrey, yeah. the dual threat he is, the receiving and running threat he is, I I think that if you can get him fit and playing all year, then I do think that, you know, it's going to be a good season. But I think, personally, we're going to see, a bit like Todd Gurley, some more managed gains. I think we're going to see, yeah. unfortunately, over time, it's going to be less and less reps. And I think him and... um I forgot his name, uh, Chuba Chuba Hubbard, I think they'll yeah. um, over go over course next year, especially when he's just getting back from the injury. But in terms of the quarterback situation as well, um, obviously, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, probably the most likely two to be starting. Who do you see starting week one? Do you see it being Sam Darnold? And do you see him, how long do you see him lasting before eventually he's
1: benched? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I do see it being Sam Darnold unless something big happens with uh, Baker and Jimmy, which i don't say personally. I, I, I do think it will be Sam Darnold. Uh, they have come out and said, like uh, Scott Fitter of the game, uh, Matt, Matt Rule the head coach, they have come out and said, he is the starter. If the season were to start today, then uh, Sam Darnold's QB won. Um, but how long it will be, it depends on Sam. Um, th- that was another thing that I falsely got myself a little bit optimistic for last year when we first made the trade. I didn't like it one little bit. Uh, although I did feel a bit sorry for Sam, I did think he should have—he deserved another opportunity in New York. Uh, his offensive line there consistently. The head coach, the GM, everything was an absolute shambles at the Jets. So I, I felt sorry for him. So the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking—you know what it is—with a good old line, good coaching, he can be a good quarterback. But he just didn't show that at all. So me, uh, and I seen stats as well not too long ago that every year within his career is. O-line has getting worse and worse, like up to last year, even where the Panthers' O-line was worse than these three years at the Jets. So hopefully this new on-paper O-line that we've been building this off-season will give him some room for success. As you said, like tomorrow, Anderson, uh, uh, Christy McCaffrey will have got a very good O-line. That is some weapons there. Uh, Terence Marshall, I think, will have a good second year. We've got a couple of lights there, like Mike Shai Smith. He was a rookie that didn't say much game time last year through injuries. Chuba Hubbard. We've got a really good offensive like weapons. We've got a bunch of them. We've got an arsenal of offensive weapons. It's just, can the O-line hold up? Can Sam Donald prove that he isn't as bad as he has been in his first four years? Because if he's not, this could be the end of his career, really. If, if uh, Matt Corral does take over at any point throughout the season or if we bring... Take Cam Newton back, for example. Where is he gonna go next week? Autumn. I don't see him being a start that anywhere if he can't make it this year in Carolina. He's gonna end up being a backup role, like that's gonna be how he'll play out the rest of his career, just as a rotational backup. But yeah, I don't know. When will Mackerel take over? Hopefully sooner rather than later, but I'm I'm open to giving them that opportunity. Let's see how Ike Mcquarno does. See the rest of the O-line. We've got a Super Bowl winning uh, Austin Corbett coming to us on free agency. We've got Bradley Bozeman, the best centre who was available in free agency. So we've really done good, shrewd business on that O-line. And a lot of rotational options as well. Like I mentioned, Pat Elfline's there. Uh, we've got Deontay Brown from Alabama last year. He's a rookie that didn't see much time last year. Huge guard kid, May, I say as well, he's another solid rookie that we've got. So, we're building a big O line with a lot of rotation, which was one of our downfalls last year as well. As bad as the O line was, none of them stayed fit. I think we tried about 12 different, I think we started like 12 different, like five O linemen. So, I think that was one of our downfalls, consistency as much as anything. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully it will be better. It will be consistent. We will keep them fit. So, Sam has these opportunities, but it's down to him really I think he's on very thin ice I think the second he slips up makes a few bad mistakes interceptions that he doesn't need to make Corral's there Corral's waiting in the wings If will be waiting for his turn so I think he will be in sooner than we expect
0: Yeah I couldn't agree more I mean um, we did a podcast ranking our top 32 quarterbacks in the league and I put Sam Donald 32nd I think he's I don't think he's ever shown me any potential apart from, that. <laughs> apart from his debut for the Jets. That's the one time I've seen potential and since then it's been all bad. Um, now you mentioned head coach Matt Rule. Mm. He is probably arguably the coach with the biggest hot seat this season. You yeah. So yeah. what's your views on Matt Rule? Are you behind him or are <laughs> you very much on of the um, get him out as soon as possible club?
1: Uh, I'm on the fence. I'm kind of in between. Uh, I'm not as harsh as a lot of Panthers fans. Like being a Panthers and a Newcastle fan, honestly, like uh, Twitter is a hotbed. Like We've got some of like the hottest fan bases around, like people are so quick to jump on people, but growing up for the last three years with Steve Bruce, I've come to learn, like things don't change overnight. So with Matt Corral, uh, not sorry, uh, Matt Rule. Yeah, man, like, last year was just really, really poor. Like, I've given him the benefit of the doubt. It was only his second year, but, I don't know, some of his decision-making, I think firing uh, the offensive coordinator probably wasn't the best job. I think it was a scapegoat. Uh, the young guy from uh, LSU, uh, Brady, Joe Brady, I, I quite liked him and having like Terence Marshall and people like that from LSU. Like, I thought, there's connections there. Like, we can get some use out of uh out of Brady but I think he was the scapegoat things weren't going well as I said the O line couldn't stay fit the quarterbacks were abysmal so I think he was a bit of a scapegoat but some of the decision makings like some like positional things like just not really much made sense last year and I think he's lucky that he stayed the quarterback to the end of last year I think he's quite lucky to be in the job he's in right now um But there is just one tiny little thing which probably will be controversial in the Panthers' Twitter sphere. A lot of people won't like what I'm about to say, but it's the one tiny little glimmer of hope that I'm holding on to. The one little bit of optimism that I do hold is that he was brought in to be a team builder. He'd done that in college. He'd done it at Baylor. He'd done it at Temple. College is very, very different to the NFL, so you're not going to replicate that. But at Baylor and at Temple, He had to develop a lot of things. His first two seasons were losing records. They weren't much better than what the Panthers have been over the last two years. But it was year three where he did make a change. He did have a winning record and he built them on steady by steady. And they ended up pretty good teams. So that's the one little thing that I'm holding out for. This is year three. This is his final opportunity to show that he can be an NFL standard uh, head coach. Uh, Might not come out the block straight away. I think we'll have got a tough schedule. And of course, without a a really good quarterback, will he live up to that? Will we get a winning record? I don't think so. So he's as much in the hot seat as what um, Sam Donald is. I think any slight mistakes, any bad decisions, he could be the first quarterback sack, uh, the first um, head coach sack this year, which would be completely justifiable. I wouldn't sit here and be like, oh, he deserved a bit more time. He deserved a bit more time. Nah, this is his last year for me and he's walking massive thin ice as well.
0: Yeah, I liked him in the first year. Second year, I think he took a massive downturn, his time at Carolina. And I will say, I remember there was one play in the 2020 year that I loved. It was a um, it was a fourth down. I can't think he was, at, he was Ghent, it against because I was actually unemployed at the time. So I watched literally every NFL game that season, she, apart from the first week, literally every game I could live. I remember there was, I can't think who you would play. There was a thing where it was fourth down. They did the thing, you know, when you purposely take a penalty to go back five yards to make yourself. Yeah. He, he did that and then did a fake punt. And I thought that was really clever because psychologically for the team playing against mm-hmm. them, they must have thought, oh, they're just trying to get more distance back to have a better punt. And then he did that. I really liked that, but I've not seen anything like that since. So I have faith that, you know, I have faith in him personally, I, by the thing that he's probably been dealt a bad situation with the callback situation in the offensive line. Mm. So I do fear from that he will be probably the first coach to get sacked. The thing yeah, is, yeah. no one else I can think of really top of my head that's actually under any pressure. Kingsbury I thought so, but they, they gave him a new contract. So probably not him. Um I just can't think of any other coach. You can maybe maybe argue Robert yeah, Sanders. Five it, year. Yeah,
1: because there's been a lot of changes as well. Like mm. like the, like if you think who the worst teams are at the minute, like the Jags, they've got a new head coach. Mm. The the Jets, he's like Salah he hasn't been in there too long. Uh, Giants have got a new coach. Like everyone's hmm. quite new, so everyone's probably got more time. Whereas this is um Rules' third year. And is there yeah. anybody kind of in the bottom ten? Like if you're thinking about the draft, like like top ten teams. Yeah, who was I... worse? Who has got a coach that's lasted longer than he has? No one really. So yeah, I think he probably is the the one that's kind of got more to work for this year.
0: Yeah, I think. You could argue maybe Rivera if Dan Schneider um, doesn't, mm, possibly, if, they, yeah. if they fall out or something. Or I don't think I can think of. Maybe two, two coaches fall could out. Wentz. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Wentz could cost him his job. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think... There's no one I can think of.
0: Maybe Frank Reich if they miss out on the playoffs again, maybe? Or maybe the Texans head coach. They've got quite a recent history of firing quickly. Um oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think Matt. Will... Think, you think, think the Dolphins like they're disappointed to miss out on the playoffs for the last few years, but they've got a brand new head coach. Yeah. Like they'll be given time. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's interesting. Um, so our final segment of the podcast is the record predictor. So if you're new to this series, we're doing every time <laughs> who comes on are going to give me one word answer: win, loss, or tie for every game of their team season. So we will start off week one. At home to the Cleveland Browns. Win, loss or tie?
1: At home to the Cleveland Browns. Um, uh, uh, Optimistically, I'm going to say a win uh, just because I think where their head is at the minute. Uh, I know you said one-word answer, so I'm giving you a bit more of a longer answer. So sorry about that. No uh, but it's just like the it's just like the Deshaun Watson thing. Like I, yeah. I, think we would lose. I think Browns are a much better team, but I think with everything going on with them at the minute, particularly uh, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson, I think we can scrape a win with that one.
0: Yeah, I I'd agree with that. You know, a lot of teams do start off well. Like you see a lot of teams. Like Steve Steelers beat the Bills last year you know I think well, we went last... 3-0 last year we started up yeah, with last year that's true yeah, Sam Donald looked like he was going to be yeah. my player of the year at one point um next up away on the road to the New York Giants
1: oh that's a tough one as well um oh I'll I'll go for a loss because I've probably given an optimistic one to the Browns. Um, yeah, they're, I think they're similar to us. I don't think they're any better than us, but I don't think they're much worse. They have done really well with um, Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. So I, I quite like the Giants this year. Uh, they're in the similar situation with Christy McCaffrey. If they can keep Saquon Barkley healthy, he's an animal who I think people forget about. I love Saquon Barkley, but he's probably more fragile than what McCaffrey is. So, uh, yeah, particularly on the road, we went there last year as well, a game that we should have beat because we were a much better team, but they obliterated us. I mean, they didn't just beat us, they absolutely wiped the floor with us, which is embarrassing. So, yeah, I'd like a bit of revenge and try and turn that into a W, but yeah, I'll, I'll say a loss for that one.
0: Fair play. Uh, week three, you are back, back at home, this time against the New Orleans Saints.
1: Uh, loss.
0: Fair. Uh, week four, still at home, this time against the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Uh, we beat them last season, but I'll say a loss.
0: Week five, once again, at home, this time to the 49ers.
1: Yeah, that's another tough one, uh, depending on what they do with Jimmy and Trail Lance. But um, yeah, they're a very good team, so I'll go with a loss for that one.
0: And then next up, it doesn't get any easier, on the road, <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams.
1: Lost. Yeah. <laughs> no questions for that one.
0: No, same for this one, probably. <laughs> Week seven, at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Uh, most likely a loss. Um but one thing that you should know about the, the NFC South is typically away teams do quite well. So if we go away to Tampa Bay, which uh, did you say that was a home game? Uh, it was, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we'll definitely lose that one. But yeah, when we come to the away one, there's a chance that we might do that one. Yeah. The away teams always do well in the NFC South. Well, that's coming up
0: in week 17. So we'll find out what you think on that one. It gets easier now with this one, at least. Um, week eight on the road to the Atlanta Falcons.
1: On the road, yeah, uh, I'll go with a win for that one. As I say, away teams do quite well in the NFC South and the Falcons aren't a very good team. I should like to think we're better than them this year. So, yeah, I'll definitely give a win for that one.
0: And then next up, on the road again, this time to the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, depending on how they bounce back. I think they'll be uh, eager. Uh, mm. I think they'll set up... Uh, one thing I'll say about the Bengals, I think they've set themselves up uh, with a high benchmark for what they've done last season. Mm. So... Hopefully they can replicate because I do like the Bengals. I'd like to see them do well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give a loss for that one.
0: And then next up, back again, this time at home against the Falcons.
1: Home to the Falcons. Uh, I'll, I'll give a loss for that one. Uh, we'll beat them on the road. They'll beat us on the road.
0: And then next up, you've got the a road trip to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh,
1: man. Damn. Yeah,
0: loss. Not looking good so far <laughs>
1: no, it's not yeah
0: 3-12 um, uh, at home to the Denver Broncos
1: at home to the Broncos um, ooh. oh man this is an optimistic one It's probably going to be a loss but because I've said loss too many times I'm going to give away a win for this one
0: fair enough week <laughs> 13 bye week um, so week 14 on the road to the Seattle Seahawks
1: Yeah, win for that one. I'll go with that one.
0: Okay. Week 15, at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: At home to the Steelers. Um, I feel like they're quite similar to us at the minute as well. I I don't really feel like the Steelers are much better than what we are. They, They are a good team. I forget how good the Steelers are. They're always that kind of team that I think aren't that good, but they actually are. So, yeah, lost for that one, unfortunately. (laughs)
0: Uh, week 16 uh, at home to the Detroit Lions
1: win Win that one okay and then week 17 on the road
0: the big one we mentioned earlier on the road to the Buccaneers
1: on the road to the Buccaneers yeah me whole NFC South teams tend to do well on the road. Theory might fail at this one, yeah. As much as I'd love to beat Tom Brady in the books, I just can't see it. So, yeah, would mm-hmm. be a loss with this one.
0: And then finally, another road game this time, away to the New Orleans Saints.
1: Saints. Yeah, I'll give an away win to the uh, Saints, yeah. Can I go back and put a win on the Giants? Because I, I don't want them to, to, to be this bad. <laughs>
0: Right, just check you said, a win for the New Orleans game and a win for the Giants, yeah?
1: Yeah. Win against the Giants, yeah, because uh, this this record looks horrendous. <laughs> I don't want it to be this bad.
0: Well, if my maths is said me rightly, that little change-up is confusing slightly, but I've got down a 7-10 and 10 record for the Panthers, which is
1: fairly modest, I'd say. I'd, I'd say that's... Oh, yeah. Oof, yeah. It's though. probably not going to be that. <laughs> you can maybe score back and put another L on the Giants because, yeah, I don't think we are going to win seven games. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, you know, we just need to be better than the last two years. The first two years, under Matt Rule, have both been five-win seasons. So, obviously, we want to turn it into a winning season. Six and seven wins isn't good enough, but it's a minor improvement. Still not good enough to save his job, I don't think. But if if we do get seven wins, I'll be pleasantly surprised, to be honest. Because we have got a lot of tough games in there, like the Rams, uh, Cardinals... Books, Saints, Bengals. Like, it's a hard season to be mm. fair. Like, yeah, I just don't think we're fully equipped to have a winning season, unfortunately. So seven wins would be amazing, to be honest. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, fingers crossed that you do get <laughs> that. So, um, this has been the Carolina Panthers season preview on the Across the Pod podcast. But so thank you again, Keg, for coming on and do check out the Magpie channel. If any of you are Newcastle fans and haven't heard of the channel. Do go check it out. And also check out his vlog when he went to see the, Pan- the Panthers play the Buccaneers back in 2019 on YouTube. So, um, yeah, thank you, Keck, for coming on.
1: No, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you for
0: having me. I've enjoyed it. No problem at all. Well, I'll hopefully see you soon and we'll catch you then. Cheers, man. Thank you.